Episode number 273, Volunteer Strategies That Work with Kenny Campbell, part two. Let's do it. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. Well, hey guys, thanks for being here this week. This is the definitive podcast for those who plan, create, and execute worship experiences all around the world. We have some fresh new content filling up our ready-made media library on the 1230 site that I would love for you guys to check out. Here is a brand new worship experience opener that you can use in your physical or online worship service. It's called God Wants to Meet with You. It is perfect to use to welcome your people into worship. It is one of hundreds of mini movies and other ready-made media content that you can pick up a la carte or through our monthly subscription we call Go Unlimited. You can go to 1230.media, and there at the top, you can click on Ready-Made Media, and you can see our options there. So 1230.media, then click on Ready-Made up at the top navigation uh, to get to the library and also our subscription plan. All right, on this week's episode of the podcast, I welcome back Kenny Campbell from Stuff You Can Use. Kenny is a well-known name in the student ministry space, and his ministry has pioneered some very practical strategies when it comes to volunteer teams. If you missed part one of my chat with Kenny, feel free to bounce back to episode number 272 from last week to get some context. All right, first, let's check the mailbag. This week from the mailbag, I want to share two testimonies. The first is from Tiana Keffer. Uh, She's writing in from Freedom Church in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. She said, We have had several salvations through our online services, and this weekend we will be baptizing them. Awesome, Tiana. Uh, Also from Joshua Johnson at Victory Life Church Online in Durant, Oklahoma. Uh, They serve 11 campuses there in Oklahoma. Uh, So Joshua, thank you for writing in. Uh, He said, we had the honor of doing a completely online funeral for a member of our online campus who lived in the UK uh, long before COVID hit. So uh, Joshua, it's awesome that you can continue to do ministry and minister to families uh, even online. So way to go. Uh, Thank you both Tiana and Uh, and Joshua for writing in. Great testimonies, guys. I love hearing how God is moving through his church. So Tiana and Joshua, keep up the great hard work that you're doing for the kingdom. It's making an impact and difference in your world. So way to go. All right. I would love to hear from you. You're welcome to email me directly at carl at 1230.media, or you can find me on social media at Carl Barnhill. I would love to share what God is doing in your church and in your community right here on the podcast. All right, part two of my conversation with Kenny Campbell is coming right up after this. We all have work to do in the world, and the way we do that work matters. It changes things. Whether you're leading thousands or reaching just one, your work possesses a potential to make a difference for good in the world but your work can also be harmful. The way you approach your work as a leader can cause disappointment, burnout, 
unhealthy relationships, and ultimately ineffective organizations. We can get so busy in our work that we forget to intentionally work on our work, on our leadership, our systems, and our culture. That's where Reorient Consulting can help. Every day, Reorient is helping leaders and pastors approach their work and their organizations with fresh eyes and decades of experience, practical wisdom. With a coaching model that is both holistic and strategic, we're helping our clients unlock latent potential while creating a healthy and thriving organization that validates our message and makes a difference for good. Okay, so let's drill into that a, a little bit. So uh, you obviously trained volunteers in all of those areas. So let's kind of uh, 30,000 foot view a little bit on the training aspect. So um, you believe that uh, it's vital to, to train them heavily. Um, so let me, let me hit you with three things. How would we train our volunteers? When would we train them? And what do we train them on? Can you hit on that a little bit? Sure. So, you know, and you say heavily, like there's, there is a balance there where you don't want to go too heavy on the training because this is not, I'm not trying to sign them up for like another full-time job, right? They've right. got families, they've got jobs. Good this point. is a volunteer situation. So we want to train them intentionally, uh, doing the most we can with the least amount of time and effort, you know? So the biggest impact with like the least amount of work kind of idea. So for instance, um, our volunteer events. Really, we just did one event every year. And this, for us in student ministry, it happened to be our fall kickoff event. Uh, and so we said, all right, every fall, we're going to do this event and we're going to invite every one of our volunteers, no matter where they serve, if it's a worship team member or a greeter team or a small group leader, and we're going to basically just spend a day we're going to give them food. We're going to cast some vision. We're going to give them an opportunity to handle some like discussion questions and talk amongst themselves and kind of build some team unity. But we created one event every single year. So that was kind of the rhythm of how often we would do that. Uh, and then as far as volunteer meetings go, those we did every other month. So, you know, some people, they want to have a meeting every week and, you know, there might be something there were like a quick little touch point every week, like, hey, for like a couple minutes, we're just going to get in the same room and just kind of pray together and just touch base. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like a meeting where you're downloading information to these vision. people. Yeah, you're casting yes. vision to them. You're probably sitting there for probably like at least an hour or so, right? Like this is a legit meeting. So we would do those every other month. And we would make it as easy as possible for our volunteers to show up. So we would do it a Sunday after church. We would give them lunch. Like, hey, we'll give you free food. That always is good, right? That's always going to attract people in. And we're going to try to make it fun. We're going to play a little game real quick. I, I kind of treated it like a mini little youth group, right? Like, hey, we're going to play a game. We're going to give you some information. And then we're going to give you some time to talk to each other and kind of build that team unity. Um, so that was team meetings or volunteer meetings. Uh, and then the next one, discussion groups. These happened every other month as well, but they were on the opposite month. And so for our discussion groups, we just took a small team, whether it was just the greeter team or just the boy small group leaders or just the girl small group leaders or just the worship team, whatever. And we would find a coffee shop on like a Thursday night and just invite them and buy them coffee and, and desserts. And really these discussion groups were meant 
for them to kind of brainstorm and problem solve together. So what we saw in these, so like, for instance, let's say it was the girl small group leaders. We'd say like, hey, what's going on? Are you guys finding any struggles? Uh, we were not trying to cast vision or download information. We were really trying to let them talk during these times. And so one person might be like, yeah, I really can't get my girls to talk. And then another small group leader across the room is like, hey, have you tried this? This really worked for us. And now they're helping each other and they find themselves in an environment where they can kind of problem solve together. So those were amazing. And it wasn't every single team had to do it every other month. Really, like if you were the greeter team, you probably did it once a year, but it just happened on one of those off months for us. So that's the rhythm that we did those discussion groups. Uh, The tools, we kind of gave them a small, well, like a volunteer handbook that had everything in it. So like the vision casting, the uh, what they were committing to, all the fine prints, all the stuff that our church wanted to have in there, like our church vision and all that kind of stuff too, um, plus contact information. So we would give them tools like that or like a volunteer business card. So this had their picture on it. It had their contact info. They could give it to parents. They could give it to the kids they were serving with. Um, We gave them their small group leader goals. So every single quarter, we would provide them with a new goal sheet. And it might say something like, do one event, uh, like one service project with your students outside of your normal weekly gathering time, or like talk to each of the parents one time this semester uh, in your, with the kids in your small group. So it was like, we would give them very specific goals to do every single semester is what we called it. We kind of broke the year into three semesters. And so every semester we would give them new tools to be able to uh, accomplish some of those things. Volunteer conversations, those were happening every single week. And the reason why we have them on here is I think it's really important to not only have conversations while they're on your church campus, if you're leading a group of volunteers, but you need to have conversations with them outside of church. So these were things like I would take them out to coffee or I would take them out to breakfast. And so one time a week, I would pick one volunteer and invite them to coffee. And I tried to schedule, you know, one of those every week. So by the time the whole year went around, uh, every volunteer at least got to, I got to hang out with them outside of church one time. And that was more just like relationship building, um, hearing from them, same thing, like even more personal in the volunteer discussion environment, they can problem solve some things, but in those one-on-one conversations, they can really tell you some like more sensitive personal things like, Hey, I don't like the way you're doing this or, Hey, I'm having a lot of friction with the volunteer in our ministry and I don't know what to do about it. So that's when you really get to get some inside information and help them on a more personal level. Um, so those conversations were super important to us. Um, communication every week, we would just send out an email, making sure we were keeping our volunteers in the loop. Uh, and then the last one, maybe my favorite one, volunteer celebration. So every single month we would pick a weird holiday. So it would be like, take your house plant for a walk day or uh, national cake decorating day or national putt putt day or whatever it was. Right. And so we would try to do a celebration every month just for our volunteers that would make the students jealous. And so, you know, if you're in a different part of the church, you, 
you might have to think about how you would make this work. You could still do a celebration. But uh, the one thing we loved is making the students jealous because it made the volunteers feel like they were so cool. So like if it was National Putt-Putt Day, we would set up a little golf hole in the middle of youth group on a Wednesday night. So all the kids were coming in and they really wanted to do it. They saw this putt-putt hole and a golf ball and like, oh, let me try, let me try. We're like, nope, this is just for the volunteers. And so as the volunteers came in, we would uh, keep track of who made the longest putt and whoever made the longest putt out of the volunteers at the end of the night won like a $20 gift card or something. So we would do something special just for them that all the kids wanted to be a part of. Uh, or like for National Cake Decorating Day, same thing. We put a big sheet cake out, a ton of different decorating <clears throat> things, and every kid wanted to do something with that cake. And we're like, nope, only the volunteers. So the volunteers got to write on it or put their own little special things. Uh, and so we would do these intentionally in front of the kids out in the open uh, just to make the volunteers feel special. And that's, that's what I'm talking about when you're creating an environment where volunteers love to serve. It's like they can feel the love uh, when you do stuff like that. And I always think in the back of my head, like when I was a volunteer, sometimes I would be dreading it. I'd be driving my way to youth group as like a youth ministry volunteer and being like, oh my gosh, I have to go to this thing. And I don't want my volunteers thinking that. I want them to be excited. Like, what's going to happen today? When I walk through those doors, something cool and unique and fun is going to happen. And I'm excited to see what it's going to be. So sure that's kind of the rhythm of how we did everything. That's awesome. I, I'm sure with the student environment, it allowed the students to root for in those environments, root for and cheer on the volunteer. So there was a relationship or connection there. You know, they want them to get the yes. putt or they want them to decorate the cake or whatever. Um, That's right. Did you find that, that there was more of a respect or cheer on or? Yes. And you know, that's, that is part of the strategy. Yeah. That's actually a great point is you want to build these memories between students and their leaders. And so we would do things, you know, beyond even those things. uh, Like if we played a game in our student ministry, uh, if like we needed volunteers to play, it would always be like, hey, we pick a student and say, bring your small group leader up with you and you guys are going to compete against another kid and their small group leader or something like that. So it was just opportunities to create memories to build that bond because, you know, when a kid knows that you like them and that you like having fun with them, they're going to be way more likely to open up and have like really uh, like important conversations. Right. If they're if you're just there showing up to chaperone them, they don't want to talk to you. But if you're in front of a whole crowd like throwing eggs across or doing something weird and fun, right? Like they're going to remember that and they're going to like really be able to open up to you later. So us putting volunteers in the spotlight was also an uh, an opportunity for us to kind of build those bridges between yeah. students and volunteers. So again, you can do this if you're not in student ministry. You can do it in worship uh, ministry. Why not set up something like that before choir practice, before band practice? Uh, why not do that and this kind of stuff in production? You know, have people come in a little bit early and have some fun activities before you go into rehearsal, uh, things like that. So be thinking, you know, as you're listening to this, guys, uh, how can I apply this to, to my ministry? Yeah. And don't um, even make them come in early to do it. Just stop the right. choir practice in the middle and do something fun right there. Yeah, yeah, you make them come point. in early, then you're, then that's not as fun. <laughs> that's, good point. Good point. All right. So, um, 
let's talk about this. Three things that are important to consider when implementing uh, your volunteer strategy. So, so give me kind of some secret sauce stuff. I, I think one big thing that you've hit on is culture. Um, I think, you know, one big, you know, secret sauce element is create a culture. Don't just, you know, ask somebody to serve or guilt trip somebody into serve, uh, serving, uh, you know, create a culture around it. So what are, what are th- kind of three main things that you would say are very important to your volunteer strategy? Yeah, well, okay. So I touched on one of them earlier, which was ask big. And so, you know, when you're asking for volunteers, like we talked about, you want to recruit high capacity people. So the ask has to be big. People want to make a difference. They don't want to just be plugged in. So if you can cast the vision of this is the difference you're going to make, it's really going to help you go a long way. And sometimes that's almost counterintuitive. We think we need to make this seem like the easiest job possible so that we get somebody to come do it. Like if we make it too hard, no one's going to want to apply, but actually the opposite is true. When you make it seem like this impossible task or like this thing that's going to take a lot of time, like, hey, we expect you to be here every single week for the next 52 weeks. Uh, And we expect you to show up to our meetings every other month. And we expect you to be in the lives of kids outside of church. And you kind of stack all these things on top of each other. If the people that you're recruiting aren't into it, you don't want them anyway. You want people that are committed to this cause and that are actually going to be good volunteers. So number one, ask big. Um, And then number two, empower volunteers to actually do the ministry. And this is a biblical principle. Uh, You know, when you read the Bible, the Bible doesn't talk about how you should hire a youth pastor or hire someone on staff and they do all the work. No, this is a communal thing. This is something that the church is serving as a body together. So when you recruit these volunteers in, don't just steal all the ministry opportunities for yourself. You have to give them away. And so for us in youth ministry specifically, it was things like small group leaders. Like we knew going in, like I was not going to have a personal relationship with every single student in our ministry, the same way that their that their uh, small group leader was, and that was just something I had to get over and just hand off to them. We're like, they are going to be the ones having these personal conversations and these important spiritual conversations. And it's not going to be me because I'm handing that off to them. And if I'm going to ask big, I have to come through and actually provide those big ministry opportunities. Um, And same thing with like speaking, like as the youth pastor, I could have spoke uh, the, like the sermon, the message every single week, but I intentionally recruited a team of volunteer communicators. And these everyone from like high school kids that wanted an opportunity to speak and we would coach them up and help them and give them opportunities to college students who are going into teaching or maybe going into ministry and they wanted public speaking opportunities to adults that we wanted to get up in front of our students and uh, speak a message and then also finding ways to incorporate them into the message. So what I would do is every week, if I was speaking, um, let's just say I was speaking on uh, like lying and like, like honesty. And so I would send a text message to all of our volunteers and say, Hey, has anybody ever been caught in a lie before? Like we want to use your story and you can like share your story in front of everybody. You've ever been caught in a lie. And so just giving our leaders opportunities to share their personal stories in front of everybody uh, over the microphone is just a really cool opportunity. So anyway, once you ask big, you have to empower them and actually deliver on what you're saying when you're asking. And then the last thing is stick to the strategy. So for us, 
we just walked through the seven things that are kind of the foundation of the grow volunteer strategy. Uh, and when we were youth pastors, we weren't looking at it as the grow strategy. Now it is. And it's cool because like the things that we were trying to put together like 10 years ago, there's over 5,000 churches now that are using this in their ministries. And it's just fun to think about how they're doing their own volunteer celebrations and their own volunteer conversations and discussion groups and all this stuff. So it's really encouraging, um, but stick to it. And we try to make it as easy as possible by putting it on a calendar for you. And that's like, whether you use grow or not, or whether you're doing worship ministry or first impression ministry, I highly recommend laying out your entire year, putting it on the calendar, sticking that thing up on your wall or wherever you sit, where your office is, your desk is. And then every day when you walk in, you're going to be reminded this is the strategy. I need to make sure I'm having conversations with my volunteers every week. I need to make sure I have a celebration geared up for this month or next month or whatever, right? And so you can plan the whole thing out. Uh, and that's the, like, you spend one or two days planning your entire year and like identifying specifically, these are the celebrations we're going to do. These are the meeting topics we're going to cover over the course of the year. And it's going to make your life so much easier than like just spitballing it every month and like thinking, all right, what am I going to do this week or this month if you have it planned out? So ask big, empower, and stick to a strategy. If you could do those three things, I feel like there's, it's almost impossible for you not to have a great volunteer culture. Yeah, good. All right. So especially when it comes to asking big and empowering, uh, what if, what if they don't, what if they were going to commit or act like they were going to commit and then two months in they flake out? Like, give me your either, either they flake out or they, you need to fire them. Like, give, give me that scenario. Yeah. Well, so that's where the volunteer handbook comes in big. So every, this is the first thing we did when Elle came on board in our youth ministry and we started like thinking about the culture of our volunteers, uh, the first thing we did was create the volunteer handbook. And so those were the things that they were committing to, the requirements we were asking of them, the vision of the church and our ministry, and we actually had them sign it. So we had a meeting with every single, we had, I think, 75 volunteers at that point. We were at a larger size church and uh, we had a meeting with all 75 of them over the summer. So like almost every day we were having multiple meetings a day. We were doing like breakfast with this volunteer, lunch with another volunteer, dinner with another volunteer. And we'd bring the volunteer handbook over and we would walk them through it and we'd ask them to commit to it and they would sign it. So if you do have an issue two months down the line, it's an easy conversation to have because you can say, Hey, this is not new. These are things that we talked about in the volunteer handbook. Like, hey, are you still committed to this? Like, we want to work with you on this. Uh, if you're willing to stay committed, like, let's let's work this out and make it happen. But if they just couldn't make it happen or, you know, they somehow deserve to be fired for something they did or whatever, it was an easier thing to do if you had a volunteer handbook that they signed the commitment for, because then you can go back to that and easily point out and say, hey, here's what it says. Here's what we have to do. Sorry, but this just is not the right place for you to serve. Um, so, you know, we had to make a lot of hard calls. Firing volunteers is not easy, yeah. but it's something that you do have to do sometimes. Do you think sometimes in ministry, we are too scared to have that conversation or too, I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. They're giving them their time. I mean, it's, it's right. their time to... Uh, like for me, I had to come to a realization of 
moving them to another ministry that uh, incorporates their skill set more or that, you know, maybe they're a better fit to an, for another ministry or uh, or something else. But it's it's it may not be this uh, that kind of thing. Um, I found that that was better for them and better for the team in a lot of yeah. those instances because sometimes it was a drain on the team or it was, you know, whatever. So have you found that to be true that sometimes it's best if we find a way for someone to move to another spot? For sure. Well, and that's like a big part of the culture, right? If you have someone on the team that is just a drag on the team and everyone knows this person is flaking out, they're not showing up every week. When they are here, they're not doing a good job. Like that is not good for morale. You need people that are up for the challenge and that want to be there. And if you have a lot of people that aren't or anybody that's not, it's going to be noticeable to the other team members. And that's like, whether you're running a ministry or whether you're running a business or whatever, like those are, that's something key to think about. So that's very important to figure out. And of course, like we want to have grace and we want to give people, you know, think I'm, I'm all about giving people chances and saying like, Hey, this is strike number one. Like I'm not going to cut bait right now. Like let's try to get through this and figure this out. And, you know, if they go through the process and it's just not working out and you've tried to work with them and you've given them chances and it's still not working out, then you just have to cut it and say, Hey, this is not the right spot for you. Have you ever thought about being a parking lot attendant? You know, like think about somewhere else where they can find community and serve. Cause that's a huge part, right? We want these people to be serving. We want the members of the church to be in community and serving with each other. So we don't want to say, Hey, no more serving. We just want to find the right spot that fits your commitment level and your skill level. Exactly. All right. We'll bring this home for us. Uh, Maybe give us some, some very sticky next steps uh, maybe it's go to your, uh, definitely go to your website. We'll put all that in the show notes uh, for people to go get this content. But give me some clear next steps on, okay, I want to start implementing this for my ministry. How do I get going? Yeah, great question. Okay, so first of all, if you want to see how to plan your full year out, uh, if you go to growcurriculum.org slash meeting, We have two videos on there. One is walking through an entire children's ministry planning meeting and how to plan out an entire year for children's ministry. The other one is for youth ministry. They're like 40 minutes long. So you'll see long form how we walked through the process of planning out an entire year and what that looks like. Everything is like color coded. It's really intentional. It's if even if you don't work in children's or uh, youth ministry, I think it would be worth it just to watch to see how that happens over 40 minutes. Um, But if you're starting from scratch, I would just say, you know, try that out, put it on a calendar. Uh, A vision is not a strategy. So if you have a vision, that's not enough. You need a strategy to implement this vision, right? Everybody has a vision, but do you actually have the practical steps that are going to help you accomplish that vision? And what we found is by putting it on a calendar and putting it up on your wall uh, allows you to be reminded. So I would say, you know, that's what I would do. Number one is whatever ministry you're in, figure out the most important things you need to do uh, when it comes to leading your volunteer team, plan it out, stick it on your wall. So you see it every day when your volunteers walk into your office, they see it and they know that there's a plan and a projection of what's going on. um, And that will really help you kind of move forward. So, and the other thing too, is when you're doing this, don't rely on yourself. 
invite other people. So if you work on a staff with other team members, get them in the mix. If you have key volunteers that help you lead certain areas, bring them into the mix and have like a full day of planning where you can plan out the full year. You can borrow the grow strategy, even if you don't use grow curriculum or whatever. Uh, and that might be a good foundation to at least get some ideas from. Um, but that'll help you kind of get a plan to move forward. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for hanging out today. And uh, we'll definitely link over to all your uh, material in the show notes. Um, and again, guys, uh, I, you know, I don't want you thinking, oh, well, that's student ministry. Uh, you know, uh, it doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. Uh, this, this stuff, this material really applies to any ministry um, in, in, in the church, and you can implement these strategies uh, to grow your volunteer team. So I know a lot of questions on how do we recruit, how do we invite, how do we train uh, volunteers, all that kind of stuff. So uh, this is great material for that. So uh, Kenny, thanks so much for, for hanging out, man. How can we follow you on, on social and website and all that? Yeah. Well, I mean, me personally, I'm not super active on social media. My wife is way more active than I am. She is actually a blast to follow. So if you're looking for some good ministry stuff and some funny stuff, you can follow L Campbell on all social media platforms, but really stuff you can use. I think we're at stuff you can use pretty much on every channel um, and you can follow us there. And that's probably the best place. And also if you are a kid's pastor or a youth pastor or in kids or uh, youth ministry at all. We have two Facebook groups, which are phenomenal. Oh my gosh. I like, like the Facebook groups are probably the most fun thing about what we do because in the youth ministry one, I think we have over 25,000 youth ministry people in there and they are so helpful. If you have a question or need someone to bounce an idea off of, or just want to see what other people are doing, that is the community to be in. And same thing on the kids ministry side. I don't know what we're up to as far as number wise, but it's like 10,000 or something like that. And so like just to be in a group with thousands of other people that are doing the same thing you're doing, uh, that's a that's where I would say if you're in kids or youth ministry, connect with us there for sure. Uh, and if you're just a church leader, follow us at Stuff You Can Use or go to our website, stuffyoucanuse.org. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for hanging out. You're welcome. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. Hey, guys, I wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about my brand new book that I co-wrote with my friend Luke McElroy from Salt Conferences. Several years ago, I put together a production dictionary for folks that served inside the church media and production space. Well, Luke and I expanded that idea and have added several hundred new terms and definitions. So this new edition is over 600 terms in an easy-to-reference dictionary for those who serve in the production, creative, and technical areas of live environments, filmmaking, worship experiences, and more. It also includes a connector guide with over 40 unique connectors categorized by type. You can pick up a copy today in our bookstore at 1230.media slash books. That's 1230.media slash books. The show notes for this episode are available now at makingsundayhappen.com. Well, that is it for us this week. Next week on the show, I'm going to be talking to Josh Brown from his productions all about turning your worship experience into a podcast. So we'll do two weeks with Josh going into great detail on podcasting your worship experience and more. Also coming to the show in a few weeks is Zach Neese, 
Zach is the author of How to Worship the King. We'll dive into the heart behind worship from a great teacher and great mentor to worship leaders across the country. Well, thank you guys for hanging out this week. Go out there and create some incredible worship experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com.